Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Want to teach your kids financial literacy, but not sure where to start? Greenlight can help. With Greenlight, parents can keep an eye on kids' spending and saving, while kids and teens use a card of their own to build money confidence. As a parent, you can send instant money transfers, set up chores, automate allowance, and more. It's a convenient way to run your household, customized to your family's needs, and the easy way to raise financially smart kids. Get started with Greenlight today and get your first month free at greenlight.com slash ACAST. Hi there, I'm Cindy Linden, and this is the Cook Along Podcast. We're going to make cookies today, and you know how much I love cookies, but I have to tell you, it was not my original plan. It's really time for something savory. I've done a lot of sweet things lately, and I felt strongly that it was time to do a savory recipe. And then, last week, I made a brand new recipe from the King Arthur Flower Cookie Companion, which was adapted by the New York Times. And I have to share this with you. This recipe blew me away. The recipe now says in large letters at the top of the paper that I had printed out from the New York Times, O-M-G, exclamation point, underlined, These are incredible cookies, especially if you like shortbread cookies. This shortbread is really delicate and moist. It's not dry and crumbly, and it's got jam on it. I mean, what what else can I tell you? It's uh, it's amazing. You have to make these. You have to make these. In addition, they're super easy. They have a little bit of an exotic ingredient, but it's an optional thing, and you can do without it. Please make these. Oh, my God. These are so good. These are bar cookies, which means you don't have to shape them. You just push them into a pan. And then the jam is just jam. Pick what you like. They're called shortbread jammers. I should have told you that from the beginning. Anyway, when I made these last week, I used a homemade peach freezer jam that I had made the week before. And they were incredible. And today, I figured out that there's no reason you can't use more than one kind of jam because you don't even jam them all at the same time. You do them individually. Don't worry, that's not a lot of work. It's really simple. But today, I'm going to use some apple cider fruit spread from Trader Joe's. And I have some amazing cherry jam by a company called Wilkin & Sons Limited. It says, by appointment to Her Majesty the Queen, purveyors of tip tree products. There you go. Well, the queen just passed away. So I'm going to use this cherry jam in her honor now. It's called Morello Cherry. And both of these jams are chunky. You can't use jelly. You have to use a a good chunky jam or preserve. So let's talk about the ingredients while we're on the subject. 
you need a half a pound of unsalted butter. And that's two cubes, if you have it in cubes. And here's a do-ahead. It has to be at room temperature. So I have mine in my jeans pockets. And I turn them every once in a while because, of course, I didn't think ahead about doing this podcast of these today. I was thinking about doing something savory. So here we are, and I have the butter in my pockets. You need three quarters of a cup granulated sugar. When I made this last week, I used C&H Ultra Fine Sugar, some baker's sugar. I don't know that that was important, but it could have been to the texture. I would say use what you have, but if you happen to have the fine sugar, go for it. A teaspoon of fine sea salt, a teaspoon of vanilla extract. Now here's where the modification comes in. Two cups of all-purpose flour plus one-third of a cup of rice flour. I didn't do that. I don't have rice flour in the house. I had it for a really long time because we went through a gluten-free phase in my house for about, I don't know, two years. The thing is, it's really, really hard to bake with. Everything I tried to make with it, when I was using exclusively the rice flour, it all just crumbles into dust the minute you try to cut it or break it or do anything. It's not got the cohesion that gluten provides, and the stuff just crumbled to bits. So I held on to it because it was expensive, and I didn't want to throw it out. I had it for a very long time, and then I thought to myself, okay, you've had this for a very long time, and A, it probably is starting to get a little stale, and B, you haven't used it in a very long time. So maybe it's time to move it along. So I dumped it out, and two months later, here I find this recipe that wants me to use it. I wasn't going to go out and buy rice flour. I've done that, been there. So it says that if you want to, you can just substitute all-purpose flour for that third of a cup of rice flour. The reason that it's got rice flour in it is because they say that it helps keep the cookie very tender to use the rice flour, but it's fine to use the all-purpose flour instead. I compromised and I made all of the flour what they call pastry flour unbleached white fine pastry flour and mine comes from bob's red mill and it's america's best baking flour according to bob for biscuits cookies muffins pie crusts cakes brownies and pancakes i thought okay i'll try that instead of regular all-purpose flour the results of what i got are obviously from my lack of words here impossible to describe how wonderful it was Do not let the absence in your house of the baker's fine sugar or the pastry flour deter you from trying these cookies. I suspect that they will be just as wonderful, maybe a little more crumbly, hard to say, but I didn't find them at all crumbly when I made them. They were, in fact, the moistest shortbread I've ever had, and they kept for days and never dried out. They stayed moist. Maybe that's the jam on top doing some work to help keep that moist. I don't know. But please don't stop everything because you you don't have the exotic ingredients. Just go for it. So two and a third cups of some kind of flour. If you have all-purpose 
do two and a third cups. If you have pastry flour, do two and a third cups. If you have rice flour, do two cups of all-purpose flour and a third of the cup of rice flour. And then the last ingredient is one cup of the thick fruit jam, which is what we talked about, preserves or even marmalade. Something with chunks in it, okay? You'll be sorry if you used something too thin because it's just going to be too runny. Equipment. You need an 8 by 8 baking dish. That's what I call a brownie pan. You need a stand mixer with a large bowl, or you can use a hand mixer with a large bowl. You need a fork. You need a table knife, something you would put next to somebody's plate to spread butter. And your do-ahead, there's only two. There's bringing the butter to room temperature, which means that when you press your thumb into it, it indents a little bit. So stick those in your pocket if you need to. And you want to preheat your oven to 325. Are you ready to start? Because I am so ridiculously excited to share this with you that we just need to start. The first step is you want to butter your pan. So you got your 8 by 8 baking dish. And I keep some regular salted butter at room temperature because it just sits out here and waits for me to need it for toast or whatever. And I just put maybe a half a teaspoon of it on my fingers and I'm going to spread that around the inside of this glass pan. There are more tidy ways to do this. When I was a kid, my dubious privilege was to get to grease the pans when my mother was baking something. Uh, I never really liked it, but I guess it allowed me to feel like I was helping. Anyway, she would use shortening for something like this, not butter. And she would hand me some wax paper, and I would, uh, just like a little square of it, I would sort of reach into the can of shortening with the wax paper against my fingers and scoop it out, and then use the wax paper to spread the shortening. And it worked, but I don't I don't worry about that anymore. I, I don't care, particularly with butter, I don't care if I get it on my hands. So once you've finished smearing the whole inside of your pan, and be sure you get the corners... With the butter, step one is complete. And then, of course, you're going to need to stop and wash your hands. Once your hands are clean, get that butter out of your pockets. It may still be a little hard on the inside. Mine is. Did I tell you to turn them in your pocket every once in a while? Just put the butter, that one half pound or two cubes of unsalted butter, into the bottom of the bowl you're going to use with your mixer. And then add the granulated sugar. Three quarters of a cup of that in with the butter. Beat that. Start at low speed. Here's where we find out how much I got the butter softened. By the way, a little bit of help in making better cookies. There is on my website, thecookalongpodcast.com, a podcast, a short one in the Quick Bites category about how to make your cookies better. And one of them describes the different stages of softened butter so that you don't have to guess what it means when something says softened or something says room temperature. That's in that podcast and also some stuff about what it looks like to cream butter. And that's what we're about to do. So that's just a tip. If you want your cookies to always be better, you might listen to that short podcast about things you can do on all cookies. So I turned off the mixer so I could talk to you. With the butter and sugar in there, I'm going to tell you what to do and then go away. 
you want to keep it on a slow speed until the butter and sugar look like they're starting to kind of meld together. And then you want to increase to medium speed and beat it for about three minutes. On the website with this recipe, there will be pictures of what the creamed butter should ultimately look like. And you can go there and look for it if you're in doubt. Come back to me after three minutes of creaming your butter and sugar. It should be all fluffy and combined together. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Get up to 30% off wedding jewelry at bluenile.com and remember the joy of your wedding day forever. Blue Nile offers everything from diamond and lab-grown diamond wedding bands to classic pearls, earrings you can design yourself, even gorgeous sapphire pieces for your something blue. Whatever you choose, Blue Nile's pieces are all graded for excellence, for a lasting memento as brilliant as the love that inspired it. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. All right. Now we add the salt and the vanilla. Now, you will notice that I specified fine sea salt. That is because that's what the recipe says. But you've also heard me say more than once, I'm measuring out my teaspoon here, and it's going into the mixing bowl, that you don't want to use table salt if it has iodine in it. I mean, you can. You can. It's just that iodine has iodine-like flavor. And if you can do without that in your beautiful baked shortbread wouldn't you rather have it not taste like iodine? So I'm just saying, sea salt is what I cook with, except when something calls for kosher salt. Oh, there's a blog on my website about that. 
I think it starts with the word kosher. So you can type it into the search bar if you're interested in learning about the different kinds of most often used salts. Type in the word kosher and you'll find it. So now I'm dumping in also the teaspoon of vanilla. And we're just going to give that a quick spin here to kind of mix it in a little bit. And when that brown stuff is no longer brown, it's just a part of the color of the butter. Then we're going to start talking about the flour. Now, if you're using rice flour, you just need to measure that third of a cup. Don't do anything fancy. You can just scoop it or whatever. If you're using any kind of wheat flour, we're going to do my favorite way of measuring it, which, as you know, is that first you stir it, you aerate it, and I'm going to pour it into a bowl so that I can add it all at one time. That way I don't have to walk across my kitchen with a cup full of flour time. So stir it up in whatever it's in, even if it's still in the bag. You need to aerate it a little bit. And then scoop it out with the spoon and into the measuring cup. And then level that off with the handle of the spoon so that you have just one cup. And pour that into your bowl. Whichever, you can put it right into the mixer bowl if you want to. And then the second cup, measuring that one out, stirred it again. You get too much flour in here, the shortbread is going to be dry and crumbly. And like I said, if you're using the rice flour for the last third, don't worry about that whole scoop thing. If you're using the wheat flour, keep going for the last third, which is what I'm doing with this fine pastry flour. All right, now this is going in to the bowl of the mixer with the butter, sugar, vanilla, and salt. And you don't have to put it in slowly. Just dump it in and turn your mixer on. Just turn it on low because you don't want it to spit at you. And we're just going to beat it until the dough kind of comes together. You'll see that for a while it's just like a pie crust or something. It's dry and shaggy. Oh, yeah, this is a little hard work for my mixer here. There we go. And then it's going to come together into a kind of a wet dough. And as soon as it does that, you're done. You can shut off the mixer. It doesn't take very long. And then we're going to take that bowl off of the mixer. Push all the dough out of the beater blade. I'm just using my fingers. That's probably not the best way spatula perhaps would be a good tool for that it's too late for me i've got it on my fingers already don't leave any behind because you want all this good stuff to bake up <laughs> i can't wait for you to try this you're gonna write to me this time and you're gonna thank me my email address for that by the way is cindy at the com. but you can also just leave a message for me on the website now you will need a rubber spatula because what we're going to do is get the buttered pan out and scrape all of this kind of soft, goopy pastry. It doesn't look like pastry, but it is pastry. Scoop it out of that bowl with your rubber spatula and down into the buttered pan. And it just can come out in a lump. It doesn't matter because we're going to have to do the rest by hand here anyway. It's, I guess why it doesn't matter to use a rubber spatula to clean off the beater because... You're going to have to get this on your hands in a minute anyway. Now, using your hands, you have to press the dough down until it's even. Just flatten it. It doesn't have to be anything fancy. The most important thing is to try to get it all at the same level. So you don't want it higher 
where it meets the edge of the pan. Like you don't want a ridge there. You want it all the same level. So just go around, push it down, level it out as best you can as you work around it with your fingers. When you have it all flat-ish, the jam is going to be on top of them to hide any flaws. Then you want the fork I told you about. You're going to prick the dough. Just poke holes through it all the way to the bottom in about 20 places. It can just be random. doesn't matter. I'm not sure why we're doing this, but we're doing it because somebody said so, okay? I'm sure it has something to do with it baking all the way through and not being too wet. But I don't pretend to know the why, nor do I care. All I know is that the result is magnificent. And now this goes in your preheated 325 degree oven. And it's going to bake for 35 minutes or until it's kind of golden brown on the edges. And then you're going to take it out and come back and listen to the next section. Oh, no, wait. It has to cool for five minutes. So after you take it out, set a timer for five minutes and then come back to me. Okay, here we are. I have a hot pan that's been cooling for five minutes, but it's still really hot. Now take the knife I told you about and just run it around the edges of the pan between the shortbread and the pan edge to just sort of loosen the sides a little bit. And this is the only remotely tricky part of this recipe. What we need to do is turn this pan out upside down on some sort of a hard surface. So I have a hard cutting board here I'm going to use. I'm putting the cutting board on top of the hot pan. I have hot pads on both of my hands. I'm just going to flip the whole thing upside down all in one piece and hope that the cookies just kind of fall out. Okay, they did. And the same thing that happened to me last time happened this time, which is a little bit of the bottom stuck to the pan, leaving holes in the finished product. However, this is going to be the bottom of the cookie and it's still warm and it's still soft. And so I can just take those pieces that's what I'm doing, taking the pieces off the bottom of the pan and patching them back in to the spots they came out of and just sort of gently pressing them down in. And they won't stick perfectly, but as it cools, they will rejoin their larger self and stick together just fine, especially since these are going to be on the bottom. Okay. Now, using your knife... You're going to guesstimate an inch, and you're going to cut off about an inch from one side of these cookies. It's not a lot. And then really quickly and carefully take that piece you sliced off, or those pieces, because it's probably going to fall apart, and toss those into a bowl before you burn your fingers. And now this piece that's left on the cutting board, I kind of want to turn right side up again. Last time I did this, I cut it into individual squares and then turned each individual square right side up again. This time, all right, this is going to sound a little crazy, but I'm going to try to 
undo what I did a minute ago and just um, flip it back over again. So I'm going to take the pan that they came out of and position it carefully back over the cookies. And it's got its missing inch, but hmm, this is going to be a little trickier than turning it the other way. Using my hot pads, I'm just going to, I've got the cookie sheet on the bottom now. And the pan on the top, I'm going to just flip the whole thing back over. Oh, yeah, yeah, it worked just fine. Okay, well now we've got this square, it's right side up again, and we need to cut it into 16 bars. They won't be very big, but trust me, they'll be big enough because these are lovely, rich things. So small is fine. So we're going to cut it in half one way. And then we're going to cut the left half of that in half. All right. And then we're going to cut the right half of that in half. So here we have four strips. Now just turn it exactly 90 degrees from there and do the same thing. We're going to cut it down the middle and cut the left half in half and the right half in half. And there we go. 16 squares. All right. Going back to the piece that we have, pieces that we have in the bowl, what we have to do is crumble this up a little bit. And it's going to be too moist and too hot. Ow. Yeah, too hot to really crumble it small. But we want to get it, ow, kind of small, as small as we can here. If it isn't small enough, we'll do it later. This is going to be the topping. And so we just need it kind of crumbled, but we don't want any huge pieces, but uniformity is not necessary, and it really isn't important how big the pieces are, because you're going to get to eat them. Either way, it's going to be a good thing. So crumble it up as best you can, and then when you have it kind of crumbled up, you want to cover this bowl with either some plastic wrap or set a plate on top of it or something so these don't dry out before we have a chance to use them. Okay, now we go away for a bit and wait for the squares to cool. Go ahead and keep crumbling if you need to. Come back to me when the squares are cool and we'll do the last step of this. Okie dokie. Now we can go back in and crumble those crumbs a little smaller. Mine are still a little warm, but they're still also really fresh and very moist. We just want littler bits, so crumble them until they're going to make a nice topping. In other words, you want some kind of larger pieces, but nothing huge. And now, get out your jam and a spoon. It takes a whole cup of this. It really takes eight ounces of jam. It's a small jar of jam. It's the whole jar. And you just put a little spoonful on top of each of these 16 cookies. And I discovered that to use a whole cup, it takes more than you think it's going to on each cookie. So don't be shy with the jam. This is the contrast to the shortbread. And like I said, for all I know, it's also what makes them stay so moist. You're going to love these. Okay, that was an apple. Yeah, I'm switching to the cherry. In honor of the queen. That's a little silly. 
It's not like I uh, knew the queen. <laughs> Still, it's just timely that this was done by appointment to Her Majesty the Queen. Is that like she commissioned it? I have no idea. This is going to give me two different colors. Like I said, the peach was phenomenal on here if you have peach jam. I think also that raspberry would be really, really good. Strawberry, I'm sure, is fine. It's just so predictable that it's not my first choice. Blueberry would probably be super good. Oh, fig jam. Oh, my goodness. I wonder what fig jam would be like. It'd be like Fig Newton's, only way, way better because it's shortbread. I'm going to try that. I have some homemade fig jam from last year. I'm going to put some of that on here. So I have three kinds of jam. And that's your whole recipe, you guys. Now we take the crumbs that we had and we sprinkle that over the top of these. And it's a lot. So you're going to think it's going to bury the cookies and in a way it kind of is. And that's what you want, okay? Don't be afraid of them. They make it look good and they make it taste better. So use them generously. Use them all up, all over the top of these cookies. Once you finish that, they are then ready to serve. I wish I could be there to taste this with you and watch your face when you put it in your mouth, but that is not to be. So write to me, all right? Let me know what you think of these cookies. Share them with your friends. Share the podcast with your friends so they can make these at home. Like I said, so easy, but wait till you taste them. Mm, I'm just cleaning up the crumbs. I will see you here next week for a cook-along quick bite. And two weeks from today, another new recipe, which hopefully this time will be the savory thing that it's really time for. And until then, until next time, happy cooking! softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.
If you're enjoying this podcast, you can make a contribution through the supporter link on every Cook Along podcast page or go to Kofi, ko-fi.com slash the Cook Along podcast. Thanks for your support and thanks for listening.